The following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of salt. So prepare yourself seriously, because we're going to talk about the documentary on Amazon Prime, Val. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing the documentary Val, all about the life and uh, stuff of Val Kilmer. So uh, we're going to get ready for that. That's going to be a bit to chew on. I'm joined, as always, by a sometimes fantastic panel of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Vader is here. Welcome, sir. They're very annoyed with me right now. Don't do it. Don't you fucking do it. <laughs> I won't do it. Okay, good. I won't do it. No. God damn it. <laughs> I just got splashed in the face. Damn it, dude. Yes, I where's did. your spray bottle? It's like a dog. Every time they do it, you just got to spray them in the face. Jude's here. She's equally as annoyed as me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you guys are soft. Oh, I'm laughing because I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> last but not least, the man who caused this whole project, Matthew Kadish, you suggested this documentary. I happen to love documentaries and I find them fascinating and educational. And I thought this, this was a new release that just came out and we hadn't heard from Val Kilmer in a while. And I know he's been going through some stuff. So I thought it'd be interesting to uh, get his take on, uh, on his current state of affairs and uh, to talk about it with all you guys. So okay. yeah, I'll take full responsibility. I probably would have watched it. I just don't, I didn't know how it would translate to a I podcast. actually, I saw that there was a documentary. And like Kadish said, uh, we hadn't heard anything from Val Kilmer in a while. And I didn't know any of his health stuff that mm-hmm. this was about. So I was actually really shocked really? when he comes, like the first scene when he comes down and, and he's talking through the, the, the thing. Trick which, out of me. I mean, that's, we'll, that's, that's we'll the, get into. Let's be real though here. Um, nobody would care about this if he didn't have the issues he was having. What do you mean? I disagree. You do? He's a, he's a fairly famous actor. Yeah. I think. Yeah. People- but I mean, the... The uh, the health the, issues, the, the you mean? cancer and the health issues, and and the trade. Should we synopsis it first before we start talking? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Before we get into it, guys, we're going to take a quick break for listening to some sponsors. We'll be right back, and then we're going to get into this documentary. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. When the global supply chain is strained, one essential transportation network continues to keep the economy connected 24-7. That network is Freight Rail. We're increasing hiring and capacity, all while investing more than $20 billion per year into our network to improve reliability every day. We never stop working to better serve our customers because Freight Rail works. Welcome back, everybody. All right. If you would like to support the podcast, go to saltynerdclub.com. There you can find our Patreon page where you can get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes photos of uh, Vader being raunchy and all kinds of weird stuff <laughs> and uh, exclusive podcast blooper reels. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Also, you get exclusive access to our Discord server where there's several chat rooms that only patrons get to chat with uh, us and uh, do live streams and stuff like that. So join the Salty Nerd Patreon Club. All right. Uh, Jude, take it away. What is Val okay. all about? Okay. 
2021 Val, rated R with a runtime of one hour, 49 minutes, is a documentary written by Val Kilmer and voiced by his son, Jack. It spans 40 years of the actor's home videos, journal entries, and behind the scenes onset footage. Due to a sudden illness that derailed his one-man Mark Twain show in 2014, he now breathes and speaks through a tracheostomy and looks back on his life from childhood till the present and all the people he's met and experiences he's had. And that R rating is strictly from um, Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn's Bare Asses and a little bit of ball sack you get, in the movie. Well, oh, I didn't know. I didn't even notice. You get a rated R for this is a, a rated R nowadays. Ball sack. <laughs> I didn't ball, notice the ball sack. Ball sack. I'm not going to go back and check. <laughs> just, just a hint. Just, just, a, hint. A, just a little. <laughs> in between. It's just, like a whiff. Of would you sack? say it's just <laughs> a little? What's a little taint of sack? A yeah. Little, yeah, okay. So if you want to see Kevin's bacon bits, you can go check this movie out. <laughs> nice. You've been and, 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 and it's a young Kevin Bacon too. Um, okay, so. Okay. For me, I did, I was also not like caught up with his current medical issues or anything like that. I knew he had some, but I didn't like follow up and like, Oh, what happened to Val Kilmer? This was the first time I've really gotten like the Mm -hmm. whole story. Yeah. For the people out there who don't know, Val Kilmer got diagnosed with throat cancer uh, a couple years ago, 2014, 2014. And, um, he basically underwent chemotherapy for a while, but eventually had to get it like a tracheotomy done. And so, um, he has basically got a hole in his throat that mm-hmm. he has to breathe and eat through. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's all very tragic. Yeah. This is a very tragic documentary and it was not a feel good type thing. No, this thing made me feel not good. Yeah. Same. I, I felt terrible. Like I, I like Val Kilmer. I'm, I not, like, I'm not his biggest fan, but I, a lot of his movies I'm into. I like the saint. I like heat, uh, you know, obviously uh, Maverick. There's and, someone I, out there that also likes the saint. Cause I feel like nobody appreciates that movie. I saint? love that movie. We watched the saint for the show. Not for the show. No, no, no not for the show. We haven't. I we watched didn't? it because of this documentary. So I hadn't seen it. I watched this documentary. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. What's, movie. The, what's I, the movie that with, with De Niro and heat. Heat. We watched that. For yes. The we show. watched that for yes. the show. But we didn't watch The Saint. It's two, oh, different, two different movies. I'm, okay, I'm getting the movies mixed the up. The Saint yeah. is the one where he plays all the different characters. It's okay. with like based on the TV show. All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, I I don't know what to say about this documentary. I just I really felt. Uh, okay. How did this move? How did this make you feel? I felt terrible. I f- it was very why, tragic. Why did it make you feel that way? Because I'm watching this dude's life like fall apart. Because he starts off when he's younger. And uh-huh. He talks about. You know, his younger years and how his brother used to make home videos and they used to do acting stuff, just like most actors and directors when they were younger. They and, would, and then what happened? And his brother freaking died. And his brother died, died in a pool. They take us instantly from, oh, my name is Val Kilmer and my brother died. Yeah. And then I wanted to slip my wrist the entire For the next blank, 50 minutes. For the next fucking two hours of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This, so. this thing is so depressing. <laughs> the and worst. I, I, I literally hate, I had to hate watch this whole thing. I, I started it, it, it to hate just, watch it because there was a moment that broke me, broke me. I was, it was tragic that his, his brother died. That was very sad. Um, but I was still like kind of invested in what was going on in his life and his behind the scenes of some of the movies that he was doing. I found that kind of cool. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, there's behind the scenes of Maverick and there's behind mm-hmm. the scenes of freaking that weird movie with uh, that famous act. We'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, yeah. Um, what broke me was seeing him sit at the booth and sign autographs. Oh, that, 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 that fucked broke me, me up. Too. That yeah. fucked me up. Seriously. So, so, so I, I feel like we need to give a little bit of context. Sure. <laughs> sure go ahead. 
So this is a documentary about Val Kilmer's life, and it's all based off of found footage that he had recorded throughout like his career and stuff like that. And it starts off with his early years as like, you know, a young kid growing up in California. And he had two brothers, um, the youngest of which was very heavy into filmmaking. And that's kind of how he discovered his love of acting because the brother would just put him in all of his movies. And he also had epilepsy. Yeah. And so the brother had an epileptic fit while he was in the hot tub one one evening un, uh, unsupervised and ended up drowning. Mm-hmm. And it was a very traumatic thing for the family. The parents eventually ended up getting divorced. And uh, Val Kilmer basically kind of channeled uh, this... I, I guess, um, Tragedy. grief into, uh, his, his acting career. And, uh, you know, he started getting very involved in theater and ended up being one of the youngest actors ever admitted to the Juilliard school of fine arts, which is like big acting school in New York. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of go there and we see him talking about his early days in, in the school where he was actually writing his own material and performing it live and getting work on Broadway. And that kind of leads to seeing some of like the cool stuff, which is young actors like young Kevin Bacon and young Sean Penn or yeah, yeah, Sean Sean Penn and uh, stuff like that. And there was a role, uh, I think it was Shakespeare that he was supposed to be the lead in. And then Kevin Bacon became available. So they gave it to Kevin Bacon and then he was like the second lead. (laughs) And then Sean Penn became available. So then they gave the second lead to Sean Penn. So he was like the third lead. So he was very like, put out um, that he had been cast aside for these other bigger actors. But. I don't, you know, it's weird that they say bigger actors. Cause when I look at those three, I'm like, I think Val Kilmer's like, to me, to me, he's the biggest, he's the biggest all, actor on all three at, of those. At the time that yeah. that was done in the, in the eighties, mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon had just done footloose, mm-hmm. and, which was huge. And Sean Penn from, um, what was it? Uh, Fast, Fast times at Ridgemont high yeah. oh, stuff like that. Okay. So the, these were like legit stars and Val Kilmer had just basically graduated from Juilliard. Nobody knew who he was. Okay. I gotcha. Um, so Juilliard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so like basically the movie or the documentary kind of covers his, his rise to fame. It talks about some of like the movies he did, uh, gives you his perspective about what happened. Uh, the entire time, uh, his son is basically narrating it from Val Kilmer's notes. And occasionally we introduce, or we go to Val Kilmer where he talks about it and it goes through like the doors and Batman and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Uh, but it also covers like what he's doing now, which is like, he does a lot of fan, uh, meetups, fan conventions mm-hmm. where he'll sit there and he'll sign autographs, uh, and take pictures with fans. And he looks very like worn down and so, you know, you can tell that his health isn't the best. This was during, he was undergoing treatment, right? When he was doing that stuff. I think it was post-treatment. Yeah. Was, I think because, it was post because, because he said that he feels better than he looks and sounds. Yeah. yeah. Because, because when, when he was doing, you know, I'm almost going to get straight to it. We, I watched this right after we did the Star Trek convention mm-hmm. and we were talking a lot about how these actors go to these things and they, they get paid. Or charge money to for 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 Signatures. fans to come in, yeah. and so they can sign their scribbles on their pictures and everything. And I, I, I personally, I've never liked that. I, I am not a fan of people paying actors to to scribble scribbles their pictures. And 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 watching this scene, particularly in this in this movie, where he. It, it hurt me. Yeah. So, so it, it literally hurt me watching him do that. Can, can you describe the scene? Before so, so, so he's, he's, he's in this room, he's in a cubicle, right? At like some, some comic, some, some, comic con, some local, whatever. Yeah. And you got all these people with their pictures and their 
tombstone posters and they're whatever. And they're lined up 500 people deep. And he's in this little cubicle with his handlers. And he's, they come in one at a time and he's signing. And you can tell he absolutely is not having a good time. Right. He's, he actually gets physically ill in the middle gets, of it. And he, he gets physically leave. ill. And he's like, okay, I have to stop. I have to, I have and to immediately go rest. throws up. And he barfs into a big garbage can. Yeah. He's like, which, which immediately made me think he's doing this when he's undergoing treatment for his cancer. Okay. I think right? he just got overwhelmed. Or, 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 yeah. And, but he just looked completely miserable. And, yeah. and, and that's the exact reason why I do not like the whole so pay, there's, pay for signatures yeah. scene in these conventions. I just don't like it. So there, there's that but, aspect of it, which right. I was equally as heartbroken mm-hmm. when I say that. Cause there was people, people he, would slide their pictures up. Can, can you say, I'll be your wingman. And like, yeah, yeah. And he'd write the shit down and he'd sign the paper. Like, there's that version of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the version where like, we got to talk with some of those actors right. at the Trek convention, like Athena Macy. And right. she was genuinely happy to be there sure and uh, tracy coco and tracy coco she was amazing so but that's different there's like two different versions but but you know what when there's a difference val kilmer should not be having to shill his signature at a convention okay i'm sorry he just he just shouldn't he's he's way too much of an a-list guy you know, you know, he's not a listener anymore. Not anymore, but 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 that's only because of the cancer. But, but that also means but, that he needs a way to right, his which, which is the yeah. sad part of the show. He had to bail his father yeah. out of oh, all God. of that trouble. He had to sign it, write a check for that, yeah. and then he he was financing his Mark Twain show completely <laughs> on his own by doing stuff like this, and so that's where all of his money went. And now he's got mm-hmm. all of this, all of these medical bills. He's he's still doing this yeah. to, mm-hmm. to I actually, live. There was a little glimmer of hope. Um, but we'll, I don't think we're quite there yet. We'll talk about it in a minute. And then but, obviously, I hope he's getting money from this documentary. Oh, I would, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Amazon paid out the nose for it. I hope so anyway. Um, but there was there was one thing that actually kind of pissed me off about his decision making and his like artistic integrity mm-hmm. where he was talking about like, oh, I had this this giant plot of acreage in Arizona that was supposed to be my like, family. 40,000 acres. No, it was 6,000 acres yeah. in New Mexico. In New Mexico? Like, oh, I thought it was Arizona. Why did I think 40,000? That's a I'm, lot. I'm pretty sure it's 40,000. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's 6,000. Okay. So, okay. Um, but like that was his, like, he's like, I, this was my legacy. This is what I wanted to leave for my family. I wanted to build, you know, yeah, a he, home. He wanted and, to build like an art community. There. Yeah. Like I wanted to build this whole thing. He's like, so I sold it all so I could do this freaking show. And I'm just, I was just like, that, that made me mad. That legit made me upset. It's not like your land, he can do what he wants. I know, but I understand that. But like, you take your f- like something that you made and paid for to give to your family, and you sell it so you can do some freaking Mark Twain but live he, show. He, he thing. thought this thing was gonna make. I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't I care. Get, it. I get, get money saying. somewhere else. Well, get a I, producer. I mean, <laughs> th- there's stuff going on there, which is the reason why he sold that that land that the documentary did not cover. Okay. So he was trying to paint himself in a more positive light or what? Yeah. This movie, this documentary is entirely propaganda. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a way to Those kind of strong work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but I used to live and work in Hollywood <laughs> uh, and Drake. I, I had, I had a couple run-ins with Val Kilmer and I had a couple uh, and I knew people who had worked with him. Uh, I, had like a, like a very brief meeting uh, with him at um, the Cannes Film Festival around the time that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out. 
didn't have any problems. He was a very cordial guy, but Val Kilmer was well known in Hollywood as being not only difficult to work with, but a complete jerk. Mm-hmm. Like nobody liked him. And when it came time for him to do his Mark Twain show, it was because nobody was wanted to cast him in anything and he was having money troubles. And so be, because of his difficulty to work with, and um, that's why he sold that land is because no one was hiring him to, to do anything at that time. Now, I, I just want to say before I get into this, that I, I think Val Kilmer is a fantastic actor. I think that um, as a as a career actor, like, you know, he's very talented and I really hate what happened to him. I think that it's it's tragic. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But that being said, this movie completely misrepresents him. Like it paints him in the best light possible, at, I think, because at, oh, this, yeah. at this point he needs to rehabilitate his image because nobody in Hollywood liked him. Okay, before we continue the conversation, let's hear a word from some sponsors. Mm-hmm. With good reason, because not only was he difficult to work with, but he was a complete jerk to everyone he worked with. And you can even see bits and pieces of this in the documentary where like, you know, he, he pretends to die on his son. And his son's like starts freaking out. And then he's like, ha ha, I'm still alive. And, oh, at the end. And, and, yeah. and then you have that scene where he's going to um, like his mother's wake. And I think it's either his ex-wife or his sister. It's his ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts shooting silly string at her and she's like, stop, what are you doing? And he's just like, <laughs> so like you, you get to see these like little hints that he is kind of like a jerk. Um, I would say it seems like he's more immature. Well, it goes beyond being immature. Um, there, there were a lot of examples that they glossed over in this documentary, like the whole thing with um, with uh, the island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. Like to watch this documentary, you'd think, oh, he was justified in being a jerk to the director. And yeah, Mar- I, I actually, Brando. I actually filmed that uh, part of the movie when, when he goes into his different movies. I find, I like this show. Yeah. yeah, the 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 tombstone <laughs> stuff and the island of Dr. Moreau stuff. In particular, I found interesting, but anyway, go ahead, Matt. I did. Well, there's a whole documentary on the island of Dr. Moreau called um, Paradise Lost, mm-hmm. and it goes into detail about the train wreck that that movie ended up becoming. And Val Kilmer was a huge part in the downfall of that film. Um, nobody on the crew liked him because he would actively like, like he's one of those guys who um, creates like a hierarchy on set where if you're, be- if he views you as beneath him, he just treats you like dirt. But if he views you as on the level, he'll be cordial with you. And then if he views you as above him, he'll suck your dick. And, uh, and that's what happened with um, Marlon Brando because Val Kilmer, he was a big method actor and he wanted to work with Brando, which is why he came on this movie. And Brando ended up hating him uh, because he was such a jerk. And Brando, it was basically like, you know, uh, I I think at one point he kind of told Val Kilmer to go take a hike. And from that point on, Val Kilmer was just, unbearable on set in fact he would like be burning camera assistants with cigarettes what stuff like that yeah holy shit so there's a there's a scene in this documentary where brando i guess he's like done with the project or something he doesn't want to do it anymore and he hires like a body double to come in Uh i found that fascinating no that that's not what happened that's not what happened no what happened so what happened was um brando shows up on set and because he's brando he has all these crazy freaking ideas of how he wants to do this character (laughs) And at this time, the original director had been replaced um, uh, with William Friedkin, uh, who came on board as basically the studio's last ditch effort to get this movie made. 
And by this point, uh, David Thewlis, who you see in, in that footage, he had replaced the guy who was the main character beforehand because the guy just couldn't deal with like all the craziness on set. And so um, what happened was Marlon Brando would just go to his trailer and he wouldn't come out and they'd be burning daylight. And so the director was like, find a guy who looks like Brando, put him in the white face paint and just put him in there. But to watch this documentary, you'd think like, oh, this was a a slight against Brando by the director because he just wants to like shoot this stuff. And Val Kilmer is being stolen from his chance to uh, act with Brando, this legend. But that's not the case. Brando was so difficult to work with <laughs> that he wouldn't come out of his trailer. And so they, in a pod. They, they had they had to put in a body double just to get some stuff shot that day. And Kilmer was, was just being a jerk about it. But uh, the entire um, the entire crew on that show hated him. Like if you watch that documentary, Paradise Lost, no one has anything good to say about Kilmer. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Yeah, that looks interesting. Sounds interesting. Yeah, and it really does. Well, I mean, you've watched that documentary. Before. I have. Yeah, <laughs> you don't remember? No. Are you sure I watched we it? We watched it together. What? No. Back when uh, you were living in your own house. I don't remember oh this God. at all. Yeah. So Val Kilmer behaved very badly on set. In fact, um, you know, to watch this documentary, there's a there's a scene where he goes up to Marlon Brando, who's just kind of like chilling out on the hammock. And he keeps asking Brando a question. Brando just kind of like refuses to he's answer. He's like, just him. push my hammock, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, push <laughs> That my was hammock. actually him? Yeah, that, that was Marlon Brando. I thought that was the body. No, yeah, yeah, that was him. I thought that push was the body. Hammock. I thought that was the body. No, double. no, no. That, that, I thought that was, that, that really was Brando. And, well, it, the whole situation there was weird. So Brando did not like Val Kilmer. In fact, he had his, his trailer moved as far away from Kilmer's what? as possible. These on set. people are so petty. And, 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 <laughs> Basically, when Brando would delay production by refusing to come out of his trailer, uh, Kilmer wanted to one-up him. And so, like, when Brando did come out, he'd go in his trailer and wouldn't come out. And so it... it <laughs> like, like, Brando yeah. gave a shit. It, well, well, it became a rivalry. So, like, Brando, like, when Val Kilmer finally came out, Brando would be like, I'm out of here. And then, he, and for 12 days, this went on. Uh, no wonder they went through so many directors like this i feel like this well, movie made everyone well, bonkers. well the original director val kilmer got fired um because he didn't like him uh and he would do this thing where he would refuse to rehearse and you kind of saw that a little bit with william freakin on there where you know he was like let's do a rehearsal and val kilmer's like no i i need a need an emotional support time or that, something like that that scene irritated the shit out he, of me he felt so because SJW weirdo. That, yeah, yeah. That was like the weird like, artsy fartsy. Uh, yeah. Like I need an emotional break. I'm going to keep was, filming because you're making me feel very uncomfortable right yeah. now. And I need, and I need to document it. Well, it's what, what, what happened was, so Kilmer was complaining to new line, which was the studio that the director who was in charge originally wasn't experienced enough. In fact, he even kind of mentions it in the documentary that it was an inexperienced director. Mm -hmm. Not exactly true, but basically he refused to to rehearse so that by the time like they were ready to do the scene, like they would just start filming. And basically he used the filming as rehearsals knowing that it was going to be bad. And the minute that you film something on a film set, you have to send that back as rushes to the studio to look. And so the studio was getting all these terrible takes mm -hmm. of, of stuff because there was no rehearsal. And, and so the studio decided like Kilmer's right. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And so they fired him and, and put in a new director. And that was all because Kilmer didn't like the guy. <laughs> Who was the original director? I forget his name. Um, but uh, the interesting thing was, is like eventually 
um, Kilmer who idolized Marlon Brando, like they got into like a confrontation where Brando basically said, your problem is you confuse the size of your talent with the size of your paycheck. Mm. And from that moment on, Brando wanted nothing to do with, with Val Kilmer. And if you, and if you, wait, wow. Val Kilmer said that or no, Marlon, no, Brando, Marlon Brando said that to Val Kilmer. Oh. <laughs> and, and from that moment, if you watch the movie, you'll notice that they're in very few scenes together it's Cor- because they like Brando did not want this, to work this, with him. This all makes me really want to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Can I've you correct me it. if I'm wrong, but didn't Marlon Brando like refuse to learn his lines for Godfather and had like placards. Somebody well, had well, to stand with like a line card. Well, at a, at a certain point in Brando's career, he basically stopped reading or giving a shit. <laughs> and so in this movie in particular, I don't know if it happened on the Godfather, but he had a earpiece where mm. his PA would read his lines to him and he oh would just God. recite the lines that the PA. So it seems to, to me that Brando is just as much, if not more of a weirdo than Val Kilmer. Oh yeah. Well, 100%. It, it was, but the thing about Brando is like, he was eccentric, whereas Kilmer was just a complete jackass. And I think Brando <laughs> was like the original pain in the ass. Well, well, well I, I can remember. So when I was going to film school in Los Angeles, we had a screening of the Salton Sea where I think it was DJ Caruso, who was the director of that. I, I could be wrong, but him and another actor from the movie came and did like a Q and a with my class after we watched the, the Brando. movie. No, no, oh. no, no. Th- this is, th- this is a movie that came out in the early two thousands, Oh, but it was a Val Kilmer movie called the Salton Sea. And uh, while we were, you know, doing the q and I, I raised my hand and I asked them, I was like, so I've heard uh, that Val Kilmer is really hard to work with. What was your experience on this movie with them? And, and they both kind of looked at each other and then they like looked around to make sure like no one was listening. <laughs> and they were like, um, Val Kilmer is a very talented actor. And that was it. That was, that was great. That was great. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, the, he had this like reputation for being like super hard to work with on certain projects. Um, like, like I said, like it, like when he was doing kiss, kiss, bang, bang, like Robert Downey Jr. Because Kilmer viewed him as being like on the level is very cordial with him. But like on movies where he didn't have like a lot of respect for the actor, um, he could be very difficult. So like he had a big feud with Tom Cruise on top gun. They kind of mentioned it in the documentary a little bit where they talked about how the rivalry. Yeah. Kilmer had like his crew and Tom had like his crew and stuff like that. But it wasn't, wasn't this, Val Kilmer's like first like big movie? No. No, his first big movie was uh, Top Secret and uh then it went to Real Genius and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So Top Gun might have been his Real Genius. Top Gun might have been his first big A-list movie. It's right? like right. his first like blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know there's even a part at the beginning of this documentary where we're seeing footage of them hanging out in the trailer on in Top Gun and Kilmer says I've almost been fired from like every movie I've ever done. <laughs> And there's a reason for that. And the reason is because he's a complete jerk. And one of the things that I actually thought was interesting about um, this, this documentary was how he treated the whole Batman thing. You guys, do you you guys know anything? He he was a terrible Batman. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. He's everyone's least favorite Batman. Because like the way he described it in this movie, he was like, they put me in this rubber suit and I literally couldn't do anything. I I feel like he was the less, of all the, guys that have played the Batman, he was the least interesting. As far as I'm concerned, my least favorite Batman is Clooney. Mm, yeah. I'm not going to lie, oh, but, 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 but <laughs> Kilmer isn't a good Batman either. I'm sorry. He just, he just isn't. And, but I, I get it. I mean, if, if the whole thing with his, I couldn't move him a suit and all yeah. this stuff. Well, you know, every fuck, single Batman when, when, actor when is you're a, 
method actor. I mean, how do you method act Batman? You can't. Yeah. You, oh, well, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, that was his whole thing where he was basically like, Batman's a suit. You can put anyone in yeah. the suit. I don't need to be there. The thing about how he presented his time as Batman, though, was just completely misleading. Like anyone who knows anything about, you know, kind of Kilmer's career and like the making of those movies and stuff like that knows that that's a complete misrepresentation mm -hmm. of what was actually going on during that time. So Kilmer was signed to like a two or three picture deal with Batman because it's like studios just don't do like a one off I, I for like a franchise. That. Yeah. So, so like he, he was under contract to do at least two or three movies with Joel Schumacher. And, um, you know, watching this documentary, he talks about how like the, the Batman cowl. Uh, was so thick with the rubber that he couldn't hear anyone. And so no uh, people eventually stopped talking to him on set. And so he felt very lonely and isolated and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that the reason people didn't talk to him was because he was a complete ballistic jerk. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> liked him. And uh, Joel Schumacher, um, like years later, like went on record about how difficult um, Val Kilmer was to work with. And he, he was basically like um, the process of working with Val Kilmer was like, he was childish. He was immature. He was ballistic. Nobody wanted to work with him. Um, he didn't want Val Kilmer to come back for the future movies. And Val Kilmer got in, in his head that he wanted to start his own franchise with the saint. And so he went off to do that movie and Warner brothers was like, dude, you're contracted to do two more Batman movies. And he's like, well, if you want me to do them, you have to pay me more. And so Joel Schumacher was like, fire him, fire him, fire him, get him out of here. Get rid of him. And, and so Warner Brothers basically like let him out of his contract and, and he never did another Warner Brothers movie again because they were pissed at him. And then when The Saint failed to perform, uh, I think Paramount, which was the studio that did that, kind of like said, so long, you know, goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. But um, the whole Batman thing, like that's something that makes an actor's career that's something like you do a couple batman movies you never have to work again if you don't want to um, or you can do anything you want after batman pretty or much or your typecast is batman for the rest of your life bullshit who, who fits in that category <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know maybe adam west <laughs> maybe that would be the only one but uh um basically um so his living brother um val kilmer's living brother not in the documentary you ever wonder why it's because his living brother thinks that Val Kilmer is a narcissistic jerk and oh, doesn't want even, anything to do. With I him. didn't even think, I about didn't that. think about his other brother either. Yeah. Like his other brother is completely estranged from Val Kilmer because he, he hates him. Wow. Um, and then there, there was, can't this, pick your family. Th there was this part <laughs> of the documentary where they go into, uh, the doors uh, where, where he played Jim Morrison. That was kind of Kilmer's big breakout <laughs> I love role. That movie. And I love him in that movie. Oh, he, he's great. Like I said, Val Kilmer is an excellent actor. You, you I know, don't take you, anything away. You from know that. what? I, you're probably going to get into this, but the only part that I took away from that door segment of this thing was that, uh, it probably caused a divorce. Oh, and, definitely. And, oh, and, for and, sure. that, and that his wife hated that role. Yeah. And I feel bad for her because she is, she's a pretty cool chick. I, <laughs> so I kind of mentioned this before, but, what I took, I mean, I'm, I don't know if we're getting into final thoughts. I know Kadish, I'll get into final thoughts in a minute. Kadish, go ahead and finish what you were going to say. So with, with the Doors thing, uh, Val Kilmer, his whole um, like acting style is method, mm -hmm. which is basically you immerse yourself in the character and you, you become you, that you know, role. Yeah, you become that role and you don't break that character. You basically live in that character's skin and everyone just has to deal with you. Like Jared Leto is famous for this, where he was like the Joker on, on yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. And everyone hated him because he was acting like the, the freaking Joker. And Val Kilmer had a year of prep for Jim well, Morrison. Well, here's, here's the thing. So like he took a year 
where he basically was Jim Morrison. Now imagine being married to someone <laughs> God, and crazy. all of a sudden it, for an entire year, there's someone else or literally yeah. someone else. Yeah. Like he was not Val Kilmer during that year. He was Jim Morrison and his wife was living and Joanna Wally, Joanna Wally from Willow. Um, his wife was literally married to Jim Morrison for like an entire year. <laughs> and, and th this wasn't like they had a newborn baby and all this stuff. And she hated it. And she was like, Val, can you just turn this off? Like, can you be normal at home? And he's just like, who's Val? I'm the <laughs> Wizard King. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that, that's, that's one of the drawbacks of method actors is that, you know, um, it takes it too far in my opinion. Yeah. Like, like if you're a good actor, you can turn that off and then bring that back on. But method actors are all about the authenticity of the, you know, acting and the method and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, like there's just so much in this, this movie that, flashed to me as warning signs. Like when he was making audition tapes, because there's a part in this where he, he's like, I want to work with all these great directors, Martin Scorsese, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want to be in these movies. And so he would make audition tapes and he's literally firing like live ammunition at the camera <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, I wouldn't hire that guy. <laughs> Hell no. you know? And you know, eventually like, I mean, the movie does its job. It makes you feel empathy for Val Kilmer and it makes you like the guy, even though he's like a complete jerk. I don't know if his disease has changed him. I, I like to think it has. I like to think that he's more empathetic. That he's less of a jerk now that, you know, he's had to go through these tough times. He's mellow with age, I think. <laughs> Maybe. But, I mean, this is a complete propaganda piece. Don't make a mistake. It really is, it. isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah. Like, it totally glossed over, like, all, like, like, if it had been a fair, like, representation of his life, I'd have given it more respect. Because I honestly think that, like, you know, the flaws are what make people interesting. And if he had just kind of owned up to like how bad of an, uh, of a person he was while he was going through like the Hollywood stuff, it would have made the, the film more genuine and more authentic. And then I would have felt genuine empathy for the guy, but instead I feel like he's whitewashing it. And here's another thing that they failed to put in the documentary. So Val Kilmer has been working with a deep fake voice company who is going through all the footage he's ever shot to get a voice print where they can like basically have him have his voice be overdubbed him so oh, that wow. he sounds normal instead of sounding like this, like, you know, because yeah. he has to speak through the, the tracheotomy and uh, they didn't mention this in the, in the documentary, but it's gotten to the point where it's so good that they're using it for top gun. So like his lines oh. on top gun oh, wow. are all AI generated. <laughs> He's going to be in the new Top Gun? Yeah, yeah he, a little he's, bit. He's in the new Top Gun. I think, I think it's a cameo. Is he a desk jockey? Well, I think he's an admiral. Yeah, yeah. He's he's Admiral I think, Iceman. Yeah, he's like the ad, <laughs> he's like he's like the dude who like makes Maverick go. Well, well, yeah. He's, he's, he gives Maverick his orders. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy who appointed Maverick as the the teacher for the Top Gun school. Wow, coming soon on the Salting Nerd podcast. Oh, definitely. We're going to review the shit out of that movie. <laughs> yeah, um, but if you watch a movie like The Snowman, which was like the last thing I think I saw him in before he got his tracheotomy. Um, was the, uh, so like that movie, it's, it's such a mesh. I would love to review it for the show, but, uh, in that movie, He's unrecognizable, well, yeah, he looks pretty bad, but they had to completely overdub his line. So every time he's speaking, like the camera's like over his shoulder, like you never see his mouth move because like his voice was so messed up from the, from the cancer. Um, but, um, the, the AI voice thing is, is going to be a game changer for him, which, cause it means that he can make appearances in, in movies again mm -hmm. and they can just like you know use this technology but the question is does hollywood really want him back and i think that this documentary was his way of kind of like paving the way to, to do that 
mm. where it, it rehabilitates his image. It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, and uh, it's gotten a, a lot of people watching it on Amazon who don't know all like the truth about like his bad behavior. And so like, there's a lot of like sympathy for Val Kilmer out there now. It's like, <laughs> Hey, we would love to see more Val Kilmer stuff. You know, now that he's got like, yeah, this, like, get the AI sympathy of the people like all oh, Val Kilmer's doing it all oh, good for him, I mean, man. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think of the movies that I've watched that he's in, I've liked most of them. Uh, yeah. I can't I think, think, I can't think of any that I've really not liked. He's a good actor. I'm like, don't get me wrong, to, but he's a complete of, psychopath at the same time. To build off of Kadish's point earlier, it's like maybe going through all this mm-hmm. and, ha- and, and needing a way of getting back into the spotlight has changed his perception where Could be. maybe he's not going to be like that anymore. Maybe he'll come onto a set I mean, and just be thankful. Like, Hey man, I'm glad I'm working again. I'm glad I'm here. I'll do everything I can. May- to- maybe the whole uh, con- convention circuit and, autograph circuit where he's in new mexico signing autographs at a screen of tombstone yeah in tombstone arizona has kind of like made him figure out that he needs to be not such a narcissist or maybe it was a ruse to get you to watch it to get you to feel bad to get hollywood to be like let's Let's throw Val Kilmer a bone and cast him in more well, things. Yeah. You know, it's also weird. I think Kadish has brainwashed all of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's also weird about this documentary is, is like, he, he seems to think that he's a Native American. <laughs> what? Uh, I, 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 did you not notice? Like, I, like, d- I did see a lot of turquoise. Oh, his, his turquoise game is strong. Well, he's yeah. from New Mexico. <laughs> well, well, no, uh-huh. like, like he lives in New Mexico, but he believes that he's part of the Cherokee Nation. Yeah, well, and and like pretty blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like his his both his father and mother have like no ties to the Cherokee, and yeah. but he he comes off like he's he's like oh I'm 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 Native American and I and it's I, like weird. I personally like eighty percent of the rest of the United States population right now, and one thirty sixth Cherokee. I'm probably in the same boat <laughs> as uh, what's her face Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Like one and one fifteenth or whatever. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm it was like, one I'm, and ten twenty four. So yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. that's what I am. <laughs> anyway, that's besides the point. Um, final thoughts for me on this documentary. Tragic story. Yeah, I think at least some of it, as far as his family goes, with his wife and his kids and stuff, is a little bit self induced. Indulgent. No, no, not so. indulgent. Like he he puts his art in front of his family which I yeah, think his priorities were a little skewed, especially in his younger years, which is, I mean, that's, that's as huge for most Hollywood Whatever. people, right? Hollywood marriages never last. There's always issues, blah, blah, blah. I think that's true for just a lot of people in general. Like it's how possible. many people have spent like 40 hours a week at work instead of at home? How many people do a podcast on Tuesdays instead I, of spending time with their kids? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, um, the thing I take away from this is just be careful about meeting your heroes. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it really struck me. Like the whole signing the autograph thing really kind of broke me a little bit for this guy. And I was like, fuck, dude, that sucks. That made, me, it, feel it made bad. me feel bad. That made me feel bad for all these poor actors that we, that we traipse through these conventions to, because it's I, just, I, uh, yeah. Again, I, I, like I you mean, wonder how many need to do it. Yeah. And how many are genuinely just happy to be there yeah. because it, there's it, two it, different it, stories. It makes me want, it makes me judge the people that are going up to these people <laughs> and asking for their scribble on a piece of piece of, uh, merchandise yeah and that was one of the things sorry that was one of the things that i said when we were doing the convention is like i wanted to get people to come over Mm -hmm. so that we could interview them but i didn't want to insult them by being like there's nobody in line to talk to you do you want to come talk to us like i didn't really know how to like 
say that without it being offensive because I didn't want to offend some some right. poor actor who hasn't done anything since 10 years ago. But, but you know what's funny is a lot of those actors who you might not recognize that do the convention circuits, like Nicole DeBoer from mm-hmm. um, Deep, She was Deep there Space every Nine. day. She Well, she's there every year, mm-hmm. every day. And, you know, an act, actress like her, like she doesn't work a whole lot. Like you don't see her in a lot of stuff. I mean, she might do a lot of theater or I, I, I don't really want to judge because she's a very nice lady. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you take away the money she makes from those convention appearances, you have to wonder, it's like, you know, does she actually, you know, make, make any money doing it? I can't imagine money. she gets a lot of residuals yeah. from, you know, season seven of DS9. Well, even, I mean, but, we spoke with Athena and she was like, yeah. I just, I know people are fans of this franchise and sure. I want to be here in case they want to come and talk with me. I'm, I'm more than willing I, to I, be I, here. Didn't, and, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe off of her. Though. No, not at all. Well, in, a, all. in Athena's case, she was like in one episode of Voyager Yeah, and, and like she goes to these conventions and gets, you know, paid to, to, to do she it. She just hangs out. She brings yeah. her kids. She hangs out. Yeah, she's have fun. We, pull, we have pull, her pull trick on the other vendors. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the one thing about, I mean, not to go off on a tangent, but, like the one thing about Trek is that it is so family friendly that you mm-hmm. can bring your kids to it. Yeah. So I can understand like people who are actors and want to like show their kids like what they do. Yeah. I can understand them bringing them to something but, like that. But getting back to this documentary, <laughs> I feel like it's important to note that every documentary you watch is very close to being propaganda. Oh, yeah. Um, and you have to wonder like who who's making it and what's mm-hmm. the purpose of of the documentary. So like if this was an actual representation of who Val Kilmer was and what his career was all about, it would have shown the good and the bad. And they kind of touch on it a little bit where they have like a section where it's like, he's difficult to work with, but they kind of brush over it mm. and they don't really go in depth as to why he got that reputation. Uh, they kind of just say like, Oh, the, the, those are just the haters. And they show like Robert Downey Jr. Saying like, Oh, he's great to work with. And, <laughs> and it's like, that's that. Um, and documentaries can be very dangerous if you don't kind of like, look at them with a critical eye because they will fool, fool you. That's, you know, every Michael Moore documentary, mm-hmm. uh, every documentary about a political um, uh, issue, uh, they will always have a point of view that they're pushing and you need to be aware of it and, and, you know, just kind of like take it with a grain of salt. So like when you guys were all like saying like, Oh, I'm so depressed watching this and, <laughs> and like, you know, this is so tragic. And I, I'm sitting there and I was like, a lot of this is karma. <laughs> uh, this dude is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, just- yeah. That was kind of like my, my reaction where it's like, again, like he was, he's a great actor and I'm, I'm really, you know, sad about what happened to him. But at the same time, I'm like, this guy is lying to us mm-hmm. in this documentary a lot. And I don't think he should be able to get away with it. Mm. All right. Well, I think it's uh, a, what, what, what do you, just, what's your rating, Matt? Oh yeah. Are we doing yeah, it? It's very a, strong. Give us a star rating, Matt. Well, I mean like in terms of like an interesting documentary, I'd give this like maybe like a two and a half okay. because it, it is an interesting look into his life and you know, like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that he shot was fun to watch, but I wish it had been like just more honest and had shown us like the good and the bad for, as opposed to like just glossing right. over. So two and a half for enjoyability. What do you give it for authenticity? Oh, zero. <laughs> zero. Strong. Damn. Wow. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm sure this is representative of how Val Kilmer sees himself. Um, but it's not authentic in the sense that it's truthful. Mm. I get it. I do. I get it. Vader and I are on the same page. We both kind of wanted to slit our wrists after we were done watching yeah, this movie. This, this movie depressed me. And well, yeah, it, it was the, very only, the only thing that I came out of this thing watching, watching this thing was uh, I kind of want to watch the Island of Dr. Moreau now. <laughs> I, do, do I do. Just to see the train wreck. 
I, I have seen it, but it's been a long time. I've never seen it. And I kind of want to watch it just the, for the, the weirdness the docu- of The it. documentary is actually way more I, interesting. And, and I want to watch that too. So yeah, I'll probably I don't know how interesting it is. I have no memory of having seen it. Um, <laughs> one and a half, two stars. Okay. Yeah, it's not very good. I Don't waste your time. Okay. Jude, how, how did you feel about this? Uh, kind of. I don't agree with any of you. I <laughs> thought it was a very interesting documentary. I don't agree with Kadish that it's it's a lie it's propaganda (laughs) i think that this is a a documentary basically it's an autobiography and and you tell your own tale and this is who you are in your own eyes and and i saw it for what i think val kilmer wanted everybody to see i thought it was a very interesting documentary i loved all of the behind the scenes stuff from like years ago with all of these movies that i love these are the movies that that made jude and and like, I, I just loved seeing all of this behind the scenes stuff and like the stuff that was going on while these things were filmed. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it was sad. There were portions of it that were sad, but um, I guess I kind of already knew that this is, this is the life of an actor after he's passed his prime. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting hired, these are the things that you have to do. Like I kind of already knew that. So it didn't make me want to slip my wrists. <laughs> um so, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was and I'll, I'll go, um, middle, middle of the road and I'll give it two and a half Dr. Moreau's out of five Dr. Moreau's. I think, I think that's a very fair judgment of this movie. Sure. I mean, I, I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. I want to, I do. I, I just, it took me, it took me a half a day to recuperate. Oh yeah. my God. I watched yeah. this movie and I was just like, I was in a, I was this, in the dumps for a thing, while. Oh. It depressed me. Yeah. Yeah. What really got me was yeah. his family thing. The whole situation with his family is what got me the most. I was like, oh my he God, sued dude. his father. Yeah. It was just, oh God, money sucks. <laughs> he yeah. didn't sue his father. That was the choice that he made. Yeah, he, he didn't. Oh, he didn't no, sue he didn't father. sue him, but he lost all his money because he yeah, paid yeah, for yeah, this yeah. father's debt. Yeah, or something he, like that. he had a choice between suing his father or paying off his debt. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. It is what it is. Anyway. All right, guys. That's our discussion for Val. Um, it's on Amazon Prime if you wish to uh, get a deep dive look at Val Kilmer and uh, email Kadish and get the down and dirty on the Hollywood backstory. Kadish loves to talk about his back in Hollywood stories. (laughs) (laughs) You might not know it, but uh, I used to work in Hollywood. It'll just be like, you want to know the truth. (laughs) Talk to this guy over here. Uh, But anyway, Vader, where can they find you on the socials, bud? Uh, You can find me at Matt Vader 74 on most things. Also uh, salty underscore nerd on Twitter. And uh, over on Facebook at Matt Vader. Right on. So, yeah. Okay. Jude, where can they find you? You can find me at I am Jude Juju on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, and on Twitter. Right on. Matthew Kadish. You can find me at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter, and KadishBooks.com will take you to my Amazon page. And all the fans of Val Kilmer out there, don't get me wrong, I love Val Kilmer as an actor. As a person, I'm still on the fence, though. So separate the art from the artist on this one. Don't come at me. I, I didn't mean to insult anyone. <laughs> I, I think we kind of all feel that way, right? Separate we, the art we, from the we, artist? We all love Val Kilmer. I mean, yeah. I'm a firm believer that you should never meet your heroes. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Because it's always disappointing. Yeah, Doc, don't Hol- Doc Holliday is one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah. We almost named our dog after him. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you can find me on our Discord server, guys. If you want to chat with me, go to saltynerddiscord.com. We have a really nice community there of Patreon members and fans of the podcast. We get together, we chat. Uh, Sometimes I jump in there and do gaming streams and all kinds of fun stuff. So go to saltynerddiscord.com if you want to chat with me. I will be there most days. All right, guys, as always... 
Thanks for joining us and stay salty, my friends. Thank you.